It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday morning edition of Lockdown Raptors, Jakob Purtle is back, baby! I like Purtles! All of that. We're going to dig into the Raptors acquiring Jakob Purtle from the San Antonio Spurs. Why the deal doesn't look so hot right now, perhaps, but maybe by the end of the day, the vision becomes a little clearer. We will also dig into the Kevin Durant shocker, go into the Suns, and touch quickly on last night's game against the Spurs in an abbreviated hold you over till the deadline edition of Lockdown Raptors with Jamar Hunt of Raptors Republic. Let's get to it. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going on, welcome to episode number 1338 of Lockdown Raptors for Thursday morning here on February the 9th, trade deadline day. First of two shows that you'll have coming at you. We'll have a live show later on after the deadline finishes up. Uh, but either way, thanks so much for being here. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons, which means I've been around for both Yakup Purtle eras now, which is a very fun thing. I imagine this is what people felt like when they covered the Raptors during both Rosho Nesterovich eras back in the aughts. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much again for tuning in. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the show for free on your favorite podcast apps. We're also on YouTube. Go hit the big red subscribe button over there to help support the show and today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook official sportsbook of Locked On make every moment more of it visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get 
started. All right, Jamar Hines, Raptors Republic is here. He was awake last night when all this stuff went down with Jakob Pertl and then Kevin Durant, you know, the second big thing that went down last night. Uh, and he is here as well on very little sleep because the man works real hard. Jamar, how the hell are you? And uh, initial response to Jakob Pertl coming back to Toronto, baby. I am doing well. I am tired as hell. As <laughs> You are accurate on that. That's deadline living, baby. I slept for like five <laughs> hours. I'm going to drink nine coffees today. It's going to be great. Yeah, you slept <laughs> like twice as much as I did. But in terms of uh, getting Jakob Proto back, um, everybody's been, you know, joking about like sp- uh, scripts, like the NFL script, the NBA <laughs> script. Uh, this is one that was very predictable. We mm. all saw this as a kind of a Yaka Proto re-audition this mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't a good re-audition. No, not his best. He was getting no. stonewalled by Fred Van Vliet in the open court and stuff. Uh, nope. not, not Scotty amazing. was going at him in the post. <laughs> Siakam got him numerous baskets over him. Fred was driving at him. like They were going at him, and then he missed a couple bunnies as well. So you hope, you hope we're getting a better version of Jakob Proto, the one that provides uh, <laughs> the rim protection that we need that kind of allows Nick Nurse to play a defensive scheme that is more suitable instead of just having um, guys that are not centers play center. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because Walker Kessler, who just torched the Raptors about a <laughs> week ago, uh-huh. is the first guy the Raptors are going to see. So it's like you plug Jakob in there is like, is there any difference? We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get an early test to that. But speaking of Walker Kessler, it's uh so I mean, you know, hindsight sucks, but people are like, okay, um if you just didn't trade the first rounder last year, we don't got to relitigate that now. Uh, we already did that last week when Walker Kessler punked the Raptors. We can do that for the rest of time. Uh, by the way, Christian Coloco yeah. still might be pretty good. Um, so let's dive into the trade for Yak, shall we? Uh, Yak of Pirtle. The deal is Kem Birch, along with a protected first-round pick in 2024. The conditions have been reported, it seems, by Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, and the conditions are maybe not what you want. Protected one through six in 2024. If it doesn't convey, it's still protected one through six in 2025 and 26. So they're protected against them being really bad next season and having a high pick and losing it. That's great. Uh, the problem is, is that when you have those protections, the Blazers are going through something similar right now, and they are, you know, have a protection on one of their picks, and basically all their picks are tied up unless they take the protections off, and the Raptors are going to be in the same boat. So their pursuits of star trades are going to be encumbered a little bit as it stands right now, at least for the next little while. That said, we have no idea what else is still to come today, of course. And right. I do think, oh, you know, Pat Yakapertle getting acquired by the Raptors makes a, a far more likelihood that, you know, OG might get dealt or Fred might get dealt. They're not done here. This is them seemingly getting a jump on their offseason. But as a lot of people have pointed out, Yak, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, you're going to have to get them all on bargain deals to afford them all as free agents, right. bring them back and stay under the tax. So the guess would be that at least one of those, maybe both, are gone 
by day's end. So as it stands, we're recording this at like 1030 in the morning. There's plenty to happen still. Could still happen in the middle of this podcast, for Christ's sake. Um, I don't think you can have a full judgment on, on where things stand right now. But for you, when you factor in the protections on the pick, there's two second rounders as well, including this year's second rounder, which could be quite good. Um, you know, the Raptors obviously have not had any qualms about trading away draft capital in the past. I typically am uh, not worried about trading draft capital either myself, and this year's pick is not going anywhere, so that's good, at least the first rounder. Um, curious, Jamar, your sort of a quick grade on this trade, knowing, of course, that we don't know everything that's going to happen just yet. It's hard to give a letter grade, but it does tell me that, you know, Whoever wanted the Raptors to bottom out, that's kind of not, not happening. happening. No, nope, yeah. it's not happening because they're trying to, you know, plug in and fix and retool and move on. And with this win over the Spurs, the Raptors actually moved into that final play-in spot. Oh, they're so, making the play-in. It's like, yeah. I think it's in stone they're making the yeah, play-in. <laughs> because, um, yeah, because Indiana has free-fallen. The Raptors have a, a pretty light schedule, including this homestand. And I don't think it's going to be funny. We're going to touch on the Durant trade, but it's going to be funny yeah. to see how far Brooklyn free falls. Mm. <laughs> like, are they catchable now? But they kind of have like they, 12 or 13 good players, though. Yeah, they're, they're almost still, like the Knicks in that regard. They just have good players. Decent. It's yeah. kind of like East Utah, where they might <laughs> still be okay. Yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But middle of the pack kind of a grade for me until I, I see more. Yeah. Like, I'm going around like the C plus range. For sure. The grade is for sure incomplete. Uh, yeah. I would say, you know, there's reasons to like it for sure. We've seen the Raptors when they have an actual rim protector in it. And I think Eric Kareen pointed this out very uh, astutely yesterday. Um, you know, even with a rookie rim protector in Christian Coloco, when he's been on the floor this season, the Raptors have like 103.9 defensive rating. They are incredible on that end when they have a modicum of actual tall person rim protection. Jakob Pertl offers that. His rim protection numbers have been down this year compared to previous seasons, but I also have to think that's partly to do with the Spurs not trying, having no good defensive players around him, right. and it just kind of being a lost year down there for a team that, as we saw last night, is not very good at all. So right. I think with a better infrastructure around him, he's going to be kind of the exact answer the Raptors need at center. You're not devoting $30 million to him like you would have with, say, a DeAndre Ayton. You would assume if you're trading for him, you already have some inclination you can keep him. And, you know, is he coming in at $18 million a year, something like that? It's probably going to be less money than you're paying to one of Gary Trent Jr. or Fred Van Vliet if you are, in fact, shipping one of them out. Um, so the money might make some sense here. It's the fit that I think is kind of interesting. Um, Jamar, we're going to try to keep this show shorter just because it's going to be out of date in no time. So we're going to do We're going to take a quick break, come back to the other side, dig a little bit more into the fit of Yakapurtle with the Raptors, some of the positives, some of the drawbacks. And then at the end, we'll run through quick thoughts on the game last night and the Durant deal. But before we do that, got to tell you about our friends over at, of course, FanDuel, which is the number one sports book in all of America. And if you are at a Super Bowl party this weekend, the only app you need is FanDuel. You know, Matza sticks are nice, but FanDuel is way more fun. It's America's number one sports book. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. You want to go get like a parlay going on the coin flip and the Gatorade color and the length of the national anthem? You can go ahead and do that all at FanDuel. They have the same game parlay, which is a wonderful way, especially when you got one game. It's the only show in town. Go throw your money down on that as well. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your first no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic as we sort through the Jakob Pertle trade and the incomplete grade that it probably deserves at the moment with surely much more stuff to go down today. You'd figure the Durant trade maybe makes the OG Derby out West a little bit more intriguing between teams that are clearly going to have to go and play Kevin Durant in the playoffs at some point. We'll get to that in a sec. More on the Pertle fit. Jamar, is there something that stands out to you that's exciting about the way Pirtle might slide into the Raptors lineup at the moment? Of course, we don't know who's going to be around, but let's talk about maybe the fit with Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes, the two guys we figure are going to be here by day's end. Um, Do you think that's too cramped? Do you think there's enough shooting there to make it work, especially if you're kind of building in eventually some kind of Scotty Barnes uh, you know, improvement, at least to some sort of league average-ish level in the future. What, what's your thought on the fit there? We, of course, know Siakam and Yak are dear pals. That's great. Help will surely help the vibes of the team. Um, but as far as the on-court fit, thoughts on, on the way that's all going to piece together? It's a little bit of, a, it's crowded in a sense because, you know, Jakob is a non-shooter. Scotty's a below average shooter right now. So, you know, you expect Scotty to improve in that area, but for now, it's a little bit crowded. Uh, we already talked about the defensive expectations. Uh, underrated. Yako's an underrated passer. And yes. that's what's probably going to make this a little, you know, not as crowded and fit in uh, offensively as you think. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he had a pretty sweet, uh, sweet assist yesterday. Um, but, yeah, he averages over three assists. Mm-hmm. And for a center, that's pretty good. So you yeah. have your front court. Uh, you have Scotty, Pascal, and Yakapu, all good passers. So mm-hmm. that should that that only spells good things in terms of uh, offensive creation because Yakup could even be around the high post area and, and, and make passes on cutters, which is which is kind of what he did yesterday. So yeah. you know that that part of it will be intriguing for me. Yeah, I think the offensive fit with those three, while the shooting could be cramped, you would assume they're going to dot the rest of the roster around those guys with shooting, you would hope. Um, You know, maybe the benefit of the doubt is waning with the front office at the moment (laughs) in some people's eyes, so we'll see. But um, you would assume there's going to be, you know... For example, if you go and make the Fred Van Vliet deal with the Clippers and get yourself a Luke Kennard and a Terrence Mann, those two guys could fit around those guys, that that sort of three-man front court pretty reasonably, you would think. You know, if Gary Trent Jr. is around, he's obviously a wonderful fit playing off those guys. And maybe 
just maybe the move here with Yak is OG and Fred are out the door and Gary sticks around and you pay Gary and Yak. Um, because Gary just feels like an obvious fit coming off of those guys. What you do at point guard, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> we're all just spinning hypotheticals here. But I do think the offensive fit with those three guys, as a sucker for big-to-big passing, which I, I honestly, the early days of Yak and Siakam back in the bench mob days are kind of what indoctrinated me into the world of big-to-big passing. Uh, it's going to be really fun watching those three dudes connect in close quarters. Um, all three guys are going to be able to work in the short roll. Uh, obviously, Scotty and Pascal are going to run pick and roll and, and sort of initiate stuff as well. Um, you can stick Yak in the dunker and have him benefit from those short roll situations for a Pascal or a Scotty. I think there's a lot here. What do you think of the impact on the defense? Do you think this could maybe be the inciting incident of Nick Nurse deciding, oh, Let's play drop defense instead of uh, just doing everything that is, uh, you know, hard and energy taxing and all of this stuff and covering ground, rotating to, into oblivion. Obviously, it hasn't worked. The Raptors have been a really bad defense, but you could argue they've played that style of defense because they haven't had that traditional rim protection to allow them to play a more normal style. Do you think Yakaperta will allow for that? And are you excited about the prospect of the Raptors just playing normal stay-at-home defense? Well... You'd have to go back to the Raptors when they had Abaka and Gasol. Yeah. And even then, I don't think the Raptors played traditional defense. No, they so, played whatever Mark Gasol called out on the given possession, essentially. <laughs> so, so I I just I just don't see Nick Nurse as a traditional guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, this gives him more leeway to 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 try stuff. Um, but there shouldn't be as much deficiencies. Uh, the rebounding should be better. Mm. So it's hard to predict what nurse, nurse is very unpredictable in terms of um, what he likes to do. But uh, I would love to see more stay at home defense where you're not giving up all those corner threes. But like I said, even back in the Raptors best defensive year in the nurse era, the 2020 year where I, the Raptors were second in defense. Yeah. That was still a popular shot to give up. Yeah. So I can't see it changing that much. I expect the defense to be more efficient, but in terms of taxing energy and guys running all over the place, I, I don't think that's going to change all that much. It's just, it just should be better. They're more equipped yeah. now. Yeah. I, I think that's a really what good way to put it like i i think they're just gonna you know the issue with this team is they've had one card to play for two years and sometimes that card's very good uh but if you're not executing it well then it's a mess i think this gives them opportunities to just like change up the look once in a while not do the same thing all the time be a little more pliable a little less predictable um i do like what that's going to do for them and and yak will allow them if they want to to play a drop defense if you have a specific matchup where it works great if you want him to come and hedge high he can do that as well he's very mobile of course this is one of the things that you know we we loved about him back in the day um so i I think there's like reasons to like the on-court fit it's i think it's just all the other uncertainty that's that's kind of clouding the the actual full opinion here Mm-hmm. Quickly, what do you think this means for Precious Achua, who I would also assume is Ooh. part of the, the plans going forward? We've kind of painted him as the center of the future. I do wonder if maybe this kind of opens up, maybe Precious is just a wing now, and that, I think, you know, takes away a little bit of his rim protection, which is the best on the team at the moment, um, but also kind of frees him up to just kind of slash and work off the catch 
play catch and shoot ball, a little less in terms of like making quick reads and having to be involved in the action. We've seen his struggles, for example, when he's in the middle of the zone and making decisions there. That's maybe not his bag. If you put him on the wing and he can kind of be someone replied to me today when I made this suggestion, he's like a tall Norm Powell. Uh, you know, that would certainly fit Vision 6-9 if this is what they're rolling with. And he's got the ball skills, it would seem, to kind of be a more of a sort of high-flying, slashing wing type. That's the beauty of Precious Achua, it seems, is he can kind of do a lot of stuff with his athleticism. Thoughts on what this means for Precious? And do you think the idea of him not playing a lot of center, in fact, stunts his development in a negative way? I could see that. I could see it stunning his development in a negative way. That is a very interesting uh proposition you're bringing up with precious i actually am really interested to see how they utilize him Mm -hmm. and you know his rotations and you know how how many minutes he plays because you know it wasn't that long ago where he's playing he's like most consistent basketball that he's played all season long Mm -hmm. so you know changing his role up like you said um playing more wing We'll see how that works. It can work. If, He'll um, have to shoot better than 24% from three. 100%. 100%. <laughs> we need more of the precious at the second half of last season when he was shooting like 40% from three. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Even even yesterday's game, he didn't make a three at the end, but he's kind of lost confidence in that shot. He's kind of hesitant to take it now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to have to see a more perimeter-based precious, but he can do things off cuts. We mentioned that the Raptors have a, a few bigs now that can pass, so that definitely helps because he's probably going to be playing with one of them. I don't think it'd mm-hmm. be a situation where Precious is just like the backup center only, and yeah, yeah, the, the, it, there, he can do more than that. So, yeah, that's a that's a to be determined type of role. It's I, I'm that's probably one of the biggest things I'm looking to see uh, how mm-hmm. Precious is used with Yak in there now. Yeah, I mean. I do think an underrated part of this is the Raptors, you know, what was the beauty of the Gasol-Abaka era? It was 48 minutes of good center play. They might have a shot at that now between Yak and then whoever fills in as your backup center. You know, Yak is not so incredible. He's a very good player, but he's not so incredible that you feel like you have to play him 38 minutes a game at center. You can play him 28 minutes a game probably and still get other guys worked in there and you don't have to totally abandon the smaller looks that have worked for you in the past, right? Like the Raptors have had a lot of success, a lot of success when they've gone with those smaller looks with a pass, you know, a Scotty at the five or a Precious at the five. Um, you know, varying iterations of lineups have performed differently, but in general, you know, some of the Raptors' best moments in recent years, over the last year and a half, have come with multiple big dudes on the floor with one of those guys playing center, and I think they can still make that work in in the minutes React rests. Um, it's a uh, it's a really fascinating one, man. This team gets weirder and more enigmatic <laughs> with this move, and uh, I don't really know how to sort through it all. I still would bet on at least one more deal by the end of the day, probably two. And if that happens, maybe you feel less bad about the draft protections as well, because if you're trading OG for multiple first-round picks, then, oh, okay, then that's fine. Right. Um We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to dig into the uh, Kevin Durant trade as part of the good, the bad, and the hmm, as we'll take a quick look at last night's game against the Spurs, which we should remark upon very briefly. The hmm will reserve for Kevin Durant-related talk and how it might involve or affect OG Ananobi's market. We'll get to that in just one sec, but just a reminder, Locked On Leafs is your daily Toronto Maple Leafs podcast with Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. They're doing a great job over there, so go subscribe to Locked On Leafs wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with the buds all year long. This is Jake from Locked On. 
Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Jamar. Uh, the good, the bad, and the hmm. We'll save the Durant stuff for the hmm. Let's get to the good and the bad from last night's game against the San Antonio Spurs, shall we? Did you have a good that came to mind? And is it just, oh my God, Pascal Siakam's touches back? <laughs> well, since you bring, I mean, that could have been one of them. You know, yeah. Pascal had a pretty rough road trip, and then, you know, he didn't make the All Star team. And. But right now, are, though, Jalen Brown's missing the All-Star game. Kevin Durant's missing yeah, the All-Star so game. You would think, gonna you, you think he's going to be a replacement. He'd probably be a replacement. But at the time, you know, vibes were kind of low. But, you know. By the way, when game, was the last time an All-Star team had, like, two players from it traded to the other conference before the All-Star game happened? I don't think that's ever happened before. Yeah. Wild stuff. Anyway, very sorry. Weird. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just, yeah, yeah, uh, no worries. Thinking out but, loud here. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> So, yeah, since you bring up Pascal, I'm actually going to leave him out of this, and I'm going to actually go with Chris Boucher. Hell yeah. Yes. Boucher had a really good road trip. Uh, he Nick Nurse mentioned that there was about three different games where the Raptors were having this lackluster start. Boucher mm-hmm. checks in. He makes a three. He, he's all over the place defend, defensively, and the Raptors get back in the game. That's kind of what happened yesterday because the Raptors were actually down before Boucher checked in the game, and he – Made his trademark three. He was all over the place. Got some mm-hmm. blocks. Got some tip-ins. Hilar- most hilarious possession of the game to me was um, it was a possession where Gary missed the three. Boucher fought for the offensive board. Uh, Gary missed again, and Boucher tips it in. Topples into Gary. They both fall over. And Gary like has this look on his face as he gets up. He's like, like, dude, relax. <laughs> Why are you trying so hard? It's the Spurs, dude. <laughs> no, Boucher, he's he's in one of those. Uh, he has one of those stretches where you know he plays his role perfectly, and that's what he's mm-hmm. doing right now. Eighteen points, eleven rebounds, four on the offensive end, three steals, three blocks. I mean, what a couple threes. Well, what yeah. more do you want? He played his role absolutely perfectly, and when Boucher is coming off the bench and providing this type of energy, it gives the bench, which has not been overall very good this season, such a boost. And yeah, it's he spelled the starters a lot when they were not playing well. So Boucher is definitely my guy. Yeah, I think that's a, a very well-made point. I Just to add on a little bit to note, Chris Boucher, up to 33% from deep on the season, which uh, we said coming into the year, can he settle in somewhere between the 38% he was at in the Tampa season and the 29% he was at last year? 33 is not where you want necessarily, but creeping ever closer to passable, which is, I think, very useful, especially for a team that might be playing three non-shooters or three non-traditional shooters in the front court. Um yeah, Chris Boucher is great. I, 
look, I'm going to cop to something. Sometimes I, th- I say things on the show. Look, Jamar, it's a daily podcast. There's a lot of things I got to say every week. I do two and a half, three hours of podcasting a week. Sometimes I'll say things just like offhand that are dumb. Last week, I think I suggested maybe you just trade Chris Boucher for a couple of picks and wash your hands of him and go ahead. That was dumb. Chris Boucher is a great value at 12 and a half million bucks a year. Uh, and I have no problem keeping him around, especially that you've shed the Ken Birch money, which I do think is kind of a sneaky thing about the Yak deal is, you know, obviously you, you made your own bed signing Ken Birch to a three-year guaranteed contract in the first place, but you get off that money for next year. That's helpful in the tax math and all that stuff they're going to have to do as sort of a small thing. Um, the so bad, are you sorry. your bad? Oh, you have a bad. I was about to say, no, my God, I'll say bad. Boucher. Yeah, I, I'll join you in saying Boucher. He was okay. so, so thrilling. To I watch thought you were calling I thought you were calling yourself your bad for what you said last week. I mean, I, I could also say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say that every day. Um, so my bad, I think, is just the fact that uh, they had to play 40 minutes of Pascal and 39 minutes of Scotty Barnes to beat yeah. the Spurs. Um, not great. However, this does tie into the Pirtle thing pretty decently. Even if the Raptors do nothing else, which I think would be bad you know, on the whole. I don't think they should do nothing else. But if they did do nothing else... At the very least, they now have eight and a half, nine rotation players as opposed to seven and a half, eight rotation players, which I think does matter quite a bit. We've mm-hmm. talked about the depth of this team being horrible. You trade a guy who's not playing for you at all for a guy who's going to play 28 plus minutes for you a night. That is objectively an upgrade. And for the sickos like me who are like, let's chase down the play-in because I am maybe just a prisoner of the moment. I don't know. Um, I also like fun. But, uh, you know, that's we don't have to all agree on things. But for the people who are looking at it and saying, man, the Raptors might go on a bit of a back half run here or back third run here, uh, that does help having eight players or nine players as opposed to having one fewer guy who you can trust on a given night, even if the lineup combinations might get a little bit weird and clunky to try to sort out. Um, Let's go to the bad quickly. Uh, Actually, I'll start to your bad. We'll we'll just get you be the bad determiner here because we're running out of time. I don't want to go too long with this one because it's going to be out of date immediately. But uh, (laughs) what, what you got is your bad. Well, you like to do, you like to talk about Malachi Flynn in this in this aspect, and his his plus <laughs> minus wasn't great in a, in a in a very short amount of time. So I'll just I'll just throw that in there. Minus thirteen in ten minutes. Yeah, zero points, one yeah. rebound, yeah, one assist. Not exactly zero 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 zero, but uh, <laughs> not far off. I wonder if Malachi Flynn is going to get Matt Thomas onto some team today for a second rounder to replenish the second round of the Raptors sent out or one of the second rounders they sent out in the in the purdle deal um let's quickly go to the hmm shall we yeah og and an uh kevin durant of course durant is now on the phoenix suns you can get mad about the raptors not getting durant all you want this seemed like what he wanted the whole time and if kevin durant wanted to go to the suns it was probably always going to happen that way so i don't think there's a whole lot of like non-buyer's remorse from the Raptors side of things. A lot of the reporting suggests there was never really a substantial discussion around the Scotty Barnes for Durant thing actually in the offseason anyway. Um, So I'm not going to linger on that one, but there could be implications here, of course. Kevin Durant going to the Suns, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder going the other way, all the picks. TJ Warren's on the Suns now too, which is fun. Everyone just going back to their old teams. We love it. Dinwiddie on the Nets, D'Angelo Russell on the Lakers, Yak on on the Raptors. And we get TJ Warren back on the Suns. It's all good times. Uh, let's bring Terrence Ross back today now, baby. Uh, it's, 27th, <laughs> it's 2017 all over again. 
We love 2017. Remember when things were always really good back in 2017? Uh, <laughs> um yeah, so thoughts on this OG stuff. Obviously, the reporting from Woj overnight is that the Durant deal could accelerate the market for OG and make it so there's a bit more of a bidding war among these contending teams. Do you have like a dream OG landing spot, both for the player himself and for what the Raptors might be able to get in return? And, and sort of what's your reaction to all this KD stuff and the way it changes how the Raptors are situated? So to quote The Wire, the price of the brick went up. <laughs> so yeah the, the a lot of people thought it was insane for the raptors to ask for three firsts for og now a lot of western conference teams are desperate to get a defender f- that could you know help guard uh kd in the playoffs so it, it seems a lot more realistic now i am so bad at doing the trade scenarios on, <laughs> I, I, I'm that means your brain that. is healthy and not addled like mine. yeah i so have never you i have never used the uh i don't even what do you call it the trade finder or whatever you call it the trade machine yeah, trade yeah machine. Trade, the trade I, finder <laughs> tell me you're a rookie of the trade machine without telling me you're a rookie of the trade I've machine. I've never used it. That's like I, when uh that's like when my my mom is like I was on the Facebook uh <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Um, oh man. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm hearing that, you know, the people are saying the Warriors should do whatever they can do to get him, the Grizzlies should do whatever they can do to get him. I don't know who they would make available in a potential trade. Uh an interest I was because thinking last night because the before last night the Nuggets looked like the favorite in the West and yeah. now it's kind of like what do they do? Their lineup seems already kind of set and mm-hmm. that's a, a OG kind of doesn't even make sense there. So <laughs> that doesn't that's an interesting. I mean, one to me. he would because really? if you could assemble a lineup of Jamal Murray with KCP, Aaron Gordon, and OG on the wings. So you're with leaving Jokic in the Porter. middle. That's the thing. With the way the Nuggets are set up, if there was an OG deal there, it probably has to involve Porter okay. just because of the uh, the salaries. Like the, the, the Nuggets, all their best players are the guys who make their big salaries to move. Um, and so you'd have to have Porter involved there. You'd have to have a bigger salary in addition to OG going out as well to match with Porter. Yeah, because um, his contract is, is pretty yeah. hefty. Yeah, but uh, so, I mean... Yeah. And like Porter does all of the things the Raptors need, and that he's tall and can shoot uh, and create his own shot, sort of. Uh, he also seems like kind of a lame dude who I don't really want around the Raptors. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, CJ CJ the point. CJ McCollum had a had a great tweet yesterday. He's like, "This is all because of John Morant saying that he's fine in the West." So <laughs> all this, all, this, all this, the Grizzlies immediately start losing games. Uh, everybody starts flocking to the West. It's not all good in the West anymore. Yeah. Uh, boy, oh boy, we uh, we should probably leave it there because right. I, I we, we we're moments away, surely, from something happening here in this podcast being out of date before I can even post it. So we'll wrap it there. Jamar, anything you want to promote for the good people? Yeah, I have a quick little recap of this game more in depth. Uh, my Twitter Great. handle Jamar BH. You could just look that up. Uh, and my Raptors Republic stuff is there. Uh, light week for me, but that's what you got. 
Outstanding stuff. Uh, we will be back later today, live show. It's going to probably be around 3.30, 4 o'clock. I don't have a hard time set just yet, but keep an eye out on the YouTube channel. Hit the little subscribe button. You'll get the notification when we do go live. And uh, I'll be there solo, kind of breaking down the news of the day and then taking your questions from the chat. So thank you for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again later today, and then we'll have another episode on Friday because it's Dread Deadline Week, baby. We got to do the podcast. We got to put the content out. This this machine never ends and never stops working. Um, but with that, we'll round it out here today. Enjoy the rest of the deadline. Uh, please wait until we see all that happens before totally melting down. You can still melt down if you want, but like, well, why waste energy when uh, Trey Murphy is on his way to the Raptors sometime soon? We'll wrap it there. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.